Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson, and it's so great to have you here with us on this Friday, August 11th, 2023. Excited to talk about everything going on in the life of the Brotherhood Basketball Program. A big recruiting decision set to take place tomorrow night. We'll talk about Emmanuel Dildy as he is uh, you know, finalizing his first few weeks on the job as the Duke basketball assistant coach. Made an appearance on the Brotherhood podcast. And let's just talk hoops. That's something we love to do here on the show. And my good buddy Raul Clement from the Devil's Den podcast joins me on the show here today. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to Locked On Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts. We are there for you. Make sure that you like this video on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel, leave us a five-star rating and written review on your podcast platform of choice, and follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Without further ado, let me bring on my good pal Raul, who joins me on the show here today. Raul, I hope that all is well for you, my friend. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Um, excited to talk Duke during this sort of dead period of the summer. 87 days until the yep. very first Duke men's basketball game. It will take place on uh, November 6th, 2023. What do you think? How are you feeling about this upcoming season? I'm really excited. Um, I think we have a really deep team with a lot of versatility a lot of good guard play, which was a little bit short. Uh, you know, I think, you know, last year, what we had Roach playing major minutes, and we had Proctor playing major minutes, and then Blakes didn't really play. So we were a little shorthanded. So it's going to be a big change. It is. It's definitely going to be a big change uh, for this season with what we were uh, anticipating. But the season's here. It's it's going to be here before we know it. We did the countdown yesterday for football. So uh, now we're at 24 days away from the start of the Duke football season. So a few more days until we get to uh, to basketball season. But nonetheless, I know that we're excited uh, for the year to come up. This time of year, uh, we follow recruiting storylines from time to time. We've been talking a lot recently about the Cooper Flag sweepstakes with his recent unofficial visit to Durham. We've also got, though, a, a timeline has now been announced as a pretty premier target in the class of 2020. Floor Raul is set to... Uh, make his decision going into next season. Yeah, Flory Badunga, um, top five recruit, according to 247 Sports. Um, big man, 6'9", super athletic. I think he could add a lot to Duke next year were he to choose Duke. Yes, and he's down to four schools left on Saturday at halftime of the Elite 24 game on ESPNU. This is an Under Armour event at halftime. It appears as though we're going to get the college uh, decision. So we've seen some of these before in Duke's favor. I'm, I'm curious the format. I wonder if it's a, okay, walk over to the scores table setup that we've seen before, typically after the game, but uh, to, to be at halftime of a competition that's taking place, what is this going to look like, Ro? I'm really intrigued. Yeah, I'm guessing he'll kind of sit with the announcers there maybe and kind of make his uh, announcement there, but who knows? Um I don't know. You know, I'm curious to see what happens. Duke's in good position, though. Um, according to all the rumors I've been reading and just stuff I've just seen around on the Internet, you know, I, I don't have any kind of inside knowledge on it, but just 
That's the buzz, at least. What do you know about the player when, from what you've watched of him, what you've read about him? What type of player would this be for Duke to get in their 2024 class? Yeah, like I said, super athletic, would probably play the five. I think he could probably play a little bit of four as well, but he's not much of a shooter or anything. He's more of a play finisher at this point, you know, ferocious dunker, kind of rim runner, lob threat on offense. And then on defense, I think he's pretty mobile and a good shot blocker. So kind of, you know, in the vein of Derek Lively, but obviously he doesn't have Lively's enormous wingspan, but maybe even a little bit more athletic. And yeah, I mean, if we've got any ounce of athleticism at that spot, we've seen uh, kind of the difference and impact that those players can make in terms of size, as you mentioned, a few uh, inches off of Lively or, or Mark Williams, even that we've seen. Um, I'd love to be able to make a, a Sean Stewart comparison here with what to expect from a five man kind of feeling that role. But we haven't even seen Sean Stewart play his first couple of games there with uh, with Duke basketball. So um, really curious to see how all of this comes together uh, if, if Benunga were to commit to Duke basketball. Yeah, I mean, I think even if he does commit, there's going to be minutes for Sean Stewart because when you look at the big man rotation next year, you would expect Filipowski to be gone to the pros. And we know Ryan Young is going to be gone. So that really leaves Christian Reeves and Sean Stewart. And Sean Stewart can play the four or the five. So I think that there's opportunity, even if Duke were to add more players at the four, um, that Stewart could play some backup five or he could play the main position at five maybe and maybe Flory backs him up. Um, so I think there's minutes there to be had. Uh, Stewart is a little bit similar to Badunga, I would say. You know, and I'm just saying from, uh, you know, some clips I've watched. So don't take me as an expert on this or anything. But. Well, let's talk about this. Would the front court in this upcoming season, in the 2023-2024 season, impact Badunga's decision, do you think? Like, does that mix at all impact his decision? I don't think so. Because I know, don't he, know that it that, – yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Because, you know, he's a top five recruit. I don't see him being kind of scared off, maybe the wrong terminology there, but I don't see him being, you know, worried about Stewart or Reeves particularly. Um, and again, there are 40 minutes available there. So <laughs> it's, you know, and it's not like he's, he's going up against another top five prospect. To me, that's when somebody gets pushed away, when you already have like a top five or top 10 guy there. So Badunga will make his decision on Saturday at halftime of the uh, U24 All-American game on ESPNU. Had a story earlier in the week with 247 Sports from Brandon Jenkins, one of their recruiting insiders who's been on Lockdown Blue Devils very frequently. Uh, the final four schools uh, in the mix. Duke, of course, Auburn has gained momentum. Kansas and Michigan in the mix for his services. Badunga quoted about Duke. Uh, quote, they have been great. I love meeting the coaches and the players while seeing the facilities. They have the brotherhood. And when I went there and saw that, it was all good. So uh, not the most <laughs> in-depth answer there from him in regards to Duke. But, uh, yeah, big five-star get that I think Duke would love to have a part of the program. So let's take one time out here in the program. But we'll be back with more of our conversation with Raul Clint here in a moment on Locked On Blue Devils. Lockdown Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right. 
the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to follow the part or to check and make sure you know the part will fit or you get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. eBay, let's run. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Moving forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside my power, Raul Clement from the Devilston Podcast. It's been a busy summer for Raul and his buddies. They've had the head coach, John Shire. Mark Mitchell has been on the program. A lot of big voices in the Duke basketball world has stopped by your show as of late. Give me a little promotion for the podcast and the work that you guys are doing, Raul. Yeah, the Devil's Den podcast. You can find it at thedevilsden.com. You can find it at uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all the normal places. Yeah, like you said, we've had some uh, big names on the pod this summer. Of course, the biggest being John Shire, but we've had a lot of other great guests too. So yeah, check it out. I particularly recommend the Shire episode. He was really in-depth and very open with us. Just a pleasure to talk to you. When you recorded the episode with John Shire, uh, he did not have – a assistant coach on nope. his staff uh, that was going to kind of fill Emil Jefferson's role. He now does. Uh, uh, Manuel Dilty will take over that position on the bench. What did you think of this hire? Well, I love the willingness to go outside the program. You know, he already showed that with Jay Lucas and he's showing it again with Dildy. And I think just getting diversity of thought in there and diversity of experience is a valuable thing. Now we've got coaches who have coached in how many conferences? You know, when you add up Jay, when you add in uh, Dildy, you've got Dildy coach at Oklahoma, so you've got the Big Ten there, or Big 12 there. He coached at Northwestern, so you got the Big Ten. And then you've got the SEC with Jay Lucas, so you've just got a lot of different experience. And, you know, and all, every conference kind of has its own identity, so it's nice to get that all in there in one package. Diversity of thought is something I feel like everyone is trying to – um, incorporate more into their professions, into their everyday life with the people and the circles that, uh, you know, you interact with from day to day. And uh, with that being said, I do think that translates to the basketball court as well. There has definitely been a big benefit from Jay Lucas being on the staff this past season. And so to think about the conferences that Dildy has been a part of, to your point, Raul, and this is even something that, that Ryan Young talked about with Coach Dildy and the latest episode of the Brotherhood podcast that we would definitely uh, encourage people to go check out and listen to that, yeah, it does say something to be in other conferences because at the end of the day, you're trying to be the champion of all of them. You want to be kind of national champs, and Dildy has seen kind of the big brand and different mixes in the conferences that he's been a part of throughout his coaching career. Yeah, like I said um... – Every conference has its own identity. You know, the Big Ten has always kind of been known for bruiser ball. The <laughs> SEC has always kind of had a lot of like long athletes and been really good defensively. So just kind of getting that experience into the program will let us know how to deal with that, hopefully, when we match up with those schools in the tournament. It, you know, it's fun to hear Emmanuel Dilty talk about his first couple of uh, days. Uh, he met up with the team in Chicago on that trip there and, um, that was something that was not publicized uh, just yet that, that folks were um, Duke didn't want people to know that he was there, but it kind of made sense that 
he, as a Chicago guy, was able to join the team there in his hometown. There was a trip to uh, McDonald's headquarters, to Hamburger University, meeting with the CEO of McDonald's, who is a Duke alum. Uh, and the CEO made a point of the number of McDonald's All-Americans on the team. And Coach Dildy talked about how humbling of an experience it was for him when the CEO of McDonald's is also spotlighting the McDonald's All-Americans on the coaching staff, and Coach Dildy does not get to be a part of that. <laughs> That's crazy to think about, all of the uh, just incredible basketball players that Duke has had on their staff or just in their program, and then it also goes all the way up the ladder to the coaching staff as well. Well, if you played for Duke, and there's a <laughs> lot of former players on the coaching staff, but if you played for Duke, you probably were a McDonald's All-American. <laughs> so it just increases the odds, right? No doubt about that. And, I mean, for, for Gildy to talk about, that's not something I'm really used to with the coaching staff that he's been on, yet he still knows who, right? Like you don't necessarily – have to uh, be a McDonald's All-American yep. uh, to, to have this great basketball mind, but it certainly helps when you do. And now he's kind of joining the fold and joining the mix. I just thought that was an interesting point <laughs> for him to make. Yeah, I actually used to work in the neighborhood where the McDonald's campus is. So I've been there a couple times. Wow, okay. That's awesome. <laughs> Quite the, uh, the story. That's great. So taking a look at the season coming up for Duke and, and this coaching staff, uh, with Will Avery also being in the mix. Obviously, now he's not allowed to go out on the road and recruit. He's only going to be um, kind of restricted to those on-campus visits. Uh, with the big decision coming this weekend with Cooper Flag visiting campus as of late, it feels as though the staff, they've come together, but they're still able to build off the momentum that, that John Chire has had in terms of recruiting since he took over as head coach. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've already got a couple uh, recruits in the bag for 2024, and there's some guys we're looking good with for 2025. So I feel like recruiting is kind of just rolling right along. You know, there's been no drop-off since Kay left. And uh, that's great. We didn't want that to happen. Pretty yeah, impressive right. that the, uh, the start. that did It makes the coaching job a lot easier, right? I would imagine so. I would absolutely imagine so. When you've got the best players, it makes it a little bit easier uh, to tell them what to do as opposed to, to any other players that you could so choose. So with that being said, looking at the schedule, 87 days until the first game, uh, practice time is definitely going to ramp up um, as players are getting a little bit of a break before this fall semester starts. But then once semester starts, back to the hardwood, back to the work uh, they do. And outside of recruiting, there's got to be on-the-court work to get ready for this upcoming season. What are those big questions or big thoughts that you're having right now, Raul, about the start of the upcoming basketball season with the Stoop team? Well, there's no kind of easing in period, right? Uh, Duke just starts with a brutal slate of games, you know, like Arizona, MSU, just the gauntlet, yeah. right? Uh, just so a just bunch of top 25 teams. So the schedule and the way it looks. Yeah. So it'll just be interesting to see how ready they are to go and how they respond to adversity. Like if, if they're two and two, four games into the season, how did they deal with that? Yeah, Dartmouth to start the year on November 6th. But then, yeah, to your point, Arizona at home, Michigan State at the uh, Champions Classic there in Chicago. Then you've got Bucknell, LaSalle, and Southern Indiana before the trip to Arkansas in the ACC-SEC Challenge. So in years past where it might have felt like there were more opportunities early to kind of build up confidence, those are 
three Power Five conference opponents in your first six games. Half of your first six are against a, a tough level of competition. Yeah, and they added Baylor recently too, if I believe. Correct. Right. And, yeah, so. Yes, Madison Square Garden, another big opponent coming up for Duke. So the schedule is going to be tough and trying to figure out, um, okay, what kind of adjustments can you make after seeing on-the-court results? Uh, what does the guard dynamic look like for this team in particular uh, with Jared McCain, Caleb Foster, those freshmen uh, trying to blend in with Proctor and, and Roach back for another year? Yeah, and I think the other big question is the front court. You know, what is Shire going to do to start the season? Is he going to go directly to Filipowski at the five because he wants more time for the guards uh, just because of the guard depth? Or is he going to kind of fall back on experience and go with Filipowski at the four and Ryan Young at the five to start the year? And then maybe as the season goes on, one of those freshmen earns their way into the starting lineup. So that'll be interesting to see. My guess would be that he starts with Filipowski and Young and then slowly as the season goes on, just like last year, Young's minutes might reduce a little bit, but you know, it's just it's really up in the air. It is because I'm sitting here thinking. First thought for me, Raul, would probably I, I, I just I feel like when you've got all of these practices leading into the year, and you know the talent on your team. It's hard to think of uh, you know that that scenario in which um, those freshmen don't make a big statement for early playing time, right? With the workouts that are in place. Yep it's going to be really hard to tell some of those players, yeah, you got to wait your turn a little bit. Yeah, especially uh, guys like Jared McCain. He's just been generating a lot of buzz over the summer, uh, you know, with the camps he's been at and stuff like that. Really impressive player from what I've seen. Again, it's, it's just limited highlights, a few high school games, but he's really under control, cerebral, shoots really well, good ball handler. I really like we could bring to the team. It's just a question of whether you can get him in that starting lineup and who ends up getting bumped out or how you deal with that or how you deal with a small backcourt if you want to start him and Roach. I, I think that you could potentially see a lot of those kind of guard combinations, yep. obviously, with uh, the, the volume of players are there. This time of year, also a lot of thoughts on, on how deep the bench is going to be, right? Like I'm someone who still has a ton of stock and, and Jaden shoot and occupy a lot of land over there on the shoot Island and, and want to see what his sophomore year looks like uh, with that outside shooting. Like does someone, him, does someone like him get a chance to factor in? I'm optimistic right now that he yep. will Raul, but I don't know. I hope that uh, I hope that's the case for Jaden. Well, he's got a couple things in his favor. He's been there a year. So that's one True. thing, you know, he's learned the system, hopefully gotten a little bit better defensively, kind of just knows how to fit in. He's also a great off ball player. You know, he's going to be a good catch and shoot shooter. So he can probably fit smoothly into any lineup. And then the last thing I would say is that he's pretty big. He's like six, five, six, yeah. six. So you can in theory play him at the three with a couple other guards. So I could see him sliding in there. Um, I wouldn't, you know, project him as a starter but i could definitely see him getting into the top eight or the top nine that's how i feel is yeah not a starter but definitely a role for him on this team to come off the bench and knock down shots because the size is the thing that i keep going back to i know that the defense was an issue for many uh, when they were watching Jaden shoot a season ago but when you're talking about a player that is six five six six uh if the defense improves just a little bit even there are opportunities out there on the floor for him, and he can be um, an advantage for Duke to be able to have another great outside shooter out there on the floor with them. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like even if he gets 10, 
15 minutes a game this year, that's a step up and it'll at least show him that it's kind of worth sticking it out and that there's a path to major minutes in his junior and senior year. So I'd like to see him at least get a little burn because you risk kind of alienating a player if he just comes in his first two years, he doesn't play at all. Locked on Blue Devils here today. J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Raul Clement from the Devil's Den podcast talking about things going on in the Duke basketball world this time of year. Obviously, we've got the big commitment tomorrow, potentially for Flory Badunga. What a big get that would get be for John Shire's staff going into his second season as head coach. Also tomorrow, Team USA is back in action with an exhibition game ahead of the 2023 World Cup. They're set to take on Slovenia as USA has, of course, Paulo and Brandon Ingram on the squad. Uh, what do you think of that matchup, Raul? Yeah, I watched their first exhibition game, and I liked Same. what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Paolo looked great. Ingram looked great. I mean, the whole team did, um, but they've got a lot of versatility. Um, they've got defenders. They've got pure kind of offensive players. They've got good guard play with Halliburton and Brunson, just kind of steady guys who don't make mistakes. Um I liked Paolo. Uh, he played a lot at the five in that game, and he was kind of pushing the ball in transition. I thought that was a good look for them. Only a seven-point lead for Team USA at halftime in that game earlier this week against Puerto Rico. But then in the second half, there was a 39-8 to yeah. run. There was also a stretch where it was a 20 nothing run, and that was more reassuring. When it was just seven points at halftime, Roland, I think a lot of uh, our country might have been a little alarmed. Um, if that score had held for the rest of the game. Yeah, they were struggling a little bit with Puerto Rico's kind of tiny guards. Um, Tremont Waters, who, if you recall, Duke actually recruited mm -hmm. ages ago at this <laughs> point. But, uh, you know, what was that, 2015, 2016, something like that. Um, but, yeah, he was kind of carving them up in the pick and roll a little bit. Then, But once they got that together, once they got that under control and were able to kind of pressure their ball handlers a little bit more and get out and run, they looked great. So looking at this team, again, a, a tune-up again tomorrow against Slovenia, a few more exhibitions before they jump into the FIBA World Cup. Tomorrow's a, a tough cover in Luka uh, for Slovenia's mm. squad. But when you look at what uh, this team has with zero players that have senior men's national team experience prior to this tournament and knowing that you're coming off the worst finish ever in USA men's basketball competition – at the World Cup in 2019 with the seventh-place World Cup finish. Uh, you feeling optimistic about this squad, though, Raul? Yeah, I just think it's a better-constructed team than that previous FIBA team. That previous FIBA team just had a lot of holes. You know, they'd had some nice top-end talent that maybe this team doesn't, but I just like this team's overall construction. And I, I just really, you know, I trust in Kerr as a coach. He's a great coach, so I, I think they'll get it done. I think so, too. I'm excited to, to watch Team USA basketball and what they're able to do uh, over the next few weeks, and hopefully the country can bring home gold once more. So, Raul, this was a fun conversation. Here we are 87 days away from Duke men's basketball. Certainly not going to be your last visit here on the podcast. Really do appreciate your thoughts and insight. Thanks for stopping by here today. Yeah, no problem. appreciate it, man. That's Raul Clement from the Devil's Den podcast, and he's joining us here on today's show. And that's going to do it for our program here today as the week comes to a close. Another fun week coming to you on Monday with Locked On Blue Devils. Hopefully we're reacting to a commitment from Flory Bedunga tomorrow night in that U24 game. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you on Monday. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day. <laughs>